Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. I always like uh, I always like podcasts that start with people talking about how the podcast will work. You know, okay. like, like just like this. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm happy to do that. We can <laughs> we can try that for this one. I started the recording. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's meant to be uh, an opportunity to hear like your perspective mm-hmm. on it. So the list of questions are things that like I'm unsure about in my mind. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm curious to hear your perspective, especially since your dad did stand. Did you do stand up? Yeah, so he was a stand-up comedian basically up until I was born. So that would be 1989. Okay. Um, And he was in Toronto. So he knows, like, there's a handful of guys who are famous now who he did stand-up with. So, like, Russell Peters is one. Oh, really? Uh, Howie Mandel is another one. There's nobody, like, super famous. I guess Norm MacDonald used to be on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Uh, Those are, like, the three that he he, he worked with a lot. Okay. Uh, So I have a lot of, like inside opinion on those guys and like you know which ones he thinks are hacks and which ones are brilliant interesting all that kind of stuff yeah but i I think he was a moderately successful your dad yeah okay and then what do you what do you do after so after he so he's had his own businesses since he was like 15 or 16 okay um so he had like while he was a stand-up comedian he had a dj business okay um not dj like avici uh dj like you know, you're having a bar mitzvah and you need a DJ, or you're having a wedding and you need a DJ, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so I think he focused on that for a long time. Uh, sold that probably in like the late 90s. Okay. Um, got a job running this like local theater, like uh, not a movie theater, but we had plays, like it was attached to a school. Um, and then while he was running the theater, they would do a lot of dance competitions. Uh, and there's, you know, you kind of identified this opportunity it's a lot to explain but basically like a piece of software that uh, dance competitions need to properly adjudicate the dances um, and started a company and that's what he does today just basically sells that and sells the videos and those sorts of things cool is that right if I jump into the the, the intro question Um, so what should be considered crossing the line in comedy so so I didn't want to be outdone by Kevin, so I've, I've done some time thinking about it. Okay. Um, I don't think there is a line. Okay. That's kind of the conclusion that I've come to. I, I think that in, in comedy, you're, you're judged on, like, how funny what you're saying is versus how offensive it might be. So I think, like, as you start to approach what someone might think of as the line, you know, like there are lots of topics that are obviously sensitive. You're talking about sexual assault or race or whatever it might be. The more that joke ha- has to land for it to be effective comedy. Like I think it's a lot easier to tell a joke about airplane food and have it not be that funny, but still have the crowd laugh and still have, you know, everything go okay. But the closer you get to that line and the more likely you are to offend someone, the more like bang on that joke has to be. So I think a lot of the time 
when we see situations where like a comedian is said to have crossed the line, I think it's less that they said something irredeemably offensive and more that what they said wasn't funny enough to get into that sort of thing. Interesting. So you're saying it's kind of just dictate it's dictated by how well their act or whatever is perceived. I I think so, yeah. Like I think a really good joke is is a lot about like hitting some some like core truth that people are either uncomfortable saying or other people haven't noticed or something like that. And I think like even when you're talking about something that's really offensive or really you know, traumatizing to a certain type of person. I think if you if you hit that core truth right, it, it's still comedy and it's still funny. Like I think, I think you have to live and die on being funny enough to say things that are that offensive. Okay, so let's say we take someone like Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. who well respected, uh, often talks about sensitive topics can I just ask you like your your view on him or, or comedians who, who go into sensitive topics mm-hmm. um, are you saying that kind of um, how, how, how the public perceives him like the fact that people that a lot of people like Dave Chappelle and that the fact that he's done well is an indication that he hasn't crossed the line. I'm just I'm just trying to yeah. formulate it in my head. Can I can I use a different example? Because yeah. I'm not super familiar sure. with anyone. Shockingly with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> um, there's a Louis C.K. joke that I, I thought of a lot okay. when I was thinking about this, and notwithstanding whatever he's done in his personal life. Yes. Just like focusing purely on the comedy. Yeah. Where he talks about how, you know, I'm not saying it's better to be, or <laughs> I gotta get this right because it's like <laughs> the core of the joke. Okay. I'm not saying white people are better, but it's definitely better to be a white person. Right. And then he goes on to say, you know, I'd re up a million times in a row and all that sort of thing. Like, right. I think that's a really good example of something where, I mean, that's, a, that's an awful thing to say. Like, that's a horrible element of just like, modern society yeah but I think because he's hitting on this like core truth and because he's saying it like he just like absolutely nails the phrasing and he nails um, the tone and and it's it's not it it doesn't it doesn't set out to hurt anyone because it's really shining a light on some of the problems that you know exist in the world like I think that that's a good example saying that if it was just 5% different, would not be funny enough to say. Right. But because of how he's phrased it, because of how carefully it's articulated, like, he, he wins, and he's and it becomes funny again. And I think, like, guys like Dave Chappelle, um, like, comedians who really toe the line, I think that you have to be able to do that, because otherwise you fall into just, like, hate speech or, like, things that... You're not going to get the crowd is not going to laugh if they think it's mean spirited. Right. Not laugh if they think it's, um, you know, hurting someone. But even so, sometimes there's a joke and you'll you'll hear the crowd be like, "Ooh," like mm-hmm. indicating that maybe they crossed the line or or whatever. Yeah. Um, but even even if a joke lands and there's lots of people laughing, there could. 
there could be people who are hurt by it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll ask. I want to ask you about. Let's say we take like Netflix or some of the different companies that feature different comedy specials. Sure. Uh, do you think they should? How much of a say should they have in deciding, like, whether or not to filter out certain types of comedy? Like, do you have a view on that? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, I think. If you are a comedian and you are trying to land a Netflix special, the number one thing they're going to care about is popularity. Like, I think you don't get to be a Netflix special comedian if you're not telling jokes that appeal to a wide variety of people. And I think it's a good question, though, right? Because you can appeal to 60% of the population and be horribly offensive to 40 Right. So to to your initial point, which, yeah, I think was like the popularity will prove itself if it was good humor. And maybe maybe I'm misinterpreting, but I I agree with that. But yeah, to your point, if 60 percent of people really like it, 40 percent are horribly offended Mm -hmm. by it. Like what what is the split (laughs) that is appropriate? Because it's hard to have comedy that's not that's gonna offend no one yeah it's a it's a fair fair (laughs) question look i came in here so confident no i'm curious i'm curious how like netflix netflix execs would think about this i don't know i guess it's i guess it's comes back to like it's a subjective evaluation like there probably is no objective line and it's about knowing your audience and that's something that that is comedic to one person might not be funny enough to justify the offensiveness to another. Yeah. But I I guess my argument would be just because it's offensive to someone doesn't necessarily mean that it's not comedy to another person. That like So if you're Netflix I mean, if you're Netflix, it's probably just a cost-benefit, right? It's probably like... How many people are going to come to Netflix versus leave? How much backlash will we get? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if if this wildly popular person is, you know, detested by 10% or 15% of our customer base, like, is it really worth pulling them onto the platform? Like, maybe that's overly pessimistic, but I, I, I can't imagine that like a company like Netflix is really making moral judgments or anything like that. Like it even really factors into their decision making. I would think it's just are we going to gain or lose subscribers? Right. Based on what this person's saying. Right. I would I would hope that the moral judge judgment would would result in that like there yeah. be a correlation between <laughs> how morally they yeah, they are and and their subscriber base. You would you would hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, going back to the initial question. Mm-hmm. In summary, were you were you saying you don't think there is a line or should be a line? Yeah, like I, I just think like if it's funny enough, you should be able to say whatever you want. 
that I that I truly believe. Like there should be no topic that's off limits. There should be no nothing you can't joke about. Like I think I think humor is one of those things that people use it in different ways, but I know for a fact like if I've faced difficult situations in my life, like humor is one of the coping mechanisms that I use. So I don't think it's anyone's right to say that's not how I cope with something or that's not what would be beneficial to me. So therefore this topic is off limits. Like I right. think as a general rule of thumb, you can't put anything off limits because it's a subjective evaluation and different people are going to find things to be comedic and, and others will not. I think what sometimes can happen is you, you can have a situation where someone is saying something where there really is no comedic center. Like if it's just hate speech or it's just like meant to shock and offend that sort of thing and I think like my argument would be that that's not a comedic performance that's crossed some line that it's fundamentally a different thing and that even if you label it comedy it's not it's not the same thing so how do you determine the difference between the two <sighs> yeah <laughs> you don't have to have the answers I don't know no it's a good question it's, I guess it's it's it just has to be probably an intent thing, right? Yeah. Like, is the intention of this to to sort of identify some truth about something that's gonna like shed light on it, or or you know, frame it in a different way or an unexpected way, like like you would typically see with comedy, or is the point just to you know advance some agenda or or to you know, have some sort of negative effect on a certain group of people. Like I think maybe intent is how you how you separate those two things out. So one of my questions was gonna be how much do you think intent should matter? Like if a comedian tells a joke that they didn't intend to offend, but they did mm -hmm. versus a comedian who did intend to offend. Um yeah, I guess into it should it should matter if if they intend to or not. Yeah. I I guess yeah, I think so. It's hard though, right? Cuz you could have the exact same joke and in one scenario call it over the line and in another not. But I guess that's true in a lot of situations, right? Like intent matters. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's an important part of it is like if you're if you are really like coming at it from an honest place and you thought it was funny and it was meant to be funny and you know the the primary purpose of what you were saying wasn't to harm or to offend or whatever it was like maybe you get a free pass on saying whatever you want like and then yeah do you think uh over time comedy has got more less offensive generally or do you think it's kind of stayed the same it's interesting like because I, I know in today's world there's lots of talk about mm -hmm. how you know like one side saying people are too sensitive and people are easily offended these days um so yeah I was just I was just thinking like 
how has how has comedy changed like how has it evolved it's a good question i my my instinct is it's kind of similar to what kevin was talking about with the fake news that it's not necessarily that things have gotten more offensive but it's easier to elevate the pieces that are yeah um i know one of the things that uh i've I've heard comedians talk about is this idea that you know, like going back to that Louis C.K. joke, like he probably workshopped that for years before he got it exactly right. And I know a lot of the times uh, when you see these videos surface or you see things like, and there's these jokes that are in really poor taste and, and just like aren't landing and you think like, what what could they possibly be thinking? Like it, it's something that's being worked on or like they're still trying to iron out the kinks. So I, I wonder, like, I guess my instinct is to say that I find it hard to believe things have gotten more offensive but rather just there's a platform now to share some of those like less refined thoughts and and when someone does you know go out and do something hurtful and that you know shouldn't have been done like it's elevated more now than it used to be in the past uh sometimes i see like people saying online to people who are offended by a current like by some sort of comedy skit like just turn away don't watch it Mm -hmm. do you think that is that suffices or like do you think that's a valid argument I I do to a certain extent like I think I think if you're playing the Super Bowl (laughs) Super Bowl is not comedians if you're doing the Golden Globes like yeah, you probably have some level of responsibility to make sure that you're not going to be hurting. Like, you have to think about your broader audience because you'd be asking those people to sacrifice something that, like, is completely unrelated to the comedy itself in order to to not have to sort of witness something that they didn't want to hear. But I think, like, if if it's, you know, a comedian who's playing clubs and you have to buy tickets to the show or if it's a video on YouTube or if it's a Netflix special like I think my opinion would be that yeah that's a perfectly valid answer because no one's forcing you to consume that content like you're not having to sacrifice anything by not clicking on it like I think it's I think the right move there is to just be like this isn't for me yeah turn it off and move on yeah yeah I think that's fair um and I think I agree with your general view in that, like, there doesn't need to be certain topics that are necessarily completely out of bounds, but it's the way you address it, mm-hmm. I guess, the way you talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's harder depending on who you are, too. Like, if my grandfather, who was not a but if he were, like, he would have a lot more leeway to sort of, like, befuddle his way through a Holocaust joke, he's, he's Jewish, um, than, like, my other grandfather, who is, like, from Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think some of it also is, like, you, if you've lived the experience and if you're speaking from, like, a personal place, like, you get a bit more leeway in terms of... Totally. Like... If you've if you've been if you're in the minority group that you're making a joke about or whatever, mm-hmm. it's definitely more acceptable. Yeah, I would say I would say for sure. But I I wouldn't say that like a like Nova Scotian 
Protestant white man can't make a good Holocaust joke. <laughs> I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I'm sure it's out there. It just it has to be a lot funnier, right? Then, right? Then the they have to joke. they have to be careful, yeah. more careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I guess as we've talked, the the question that's most interesting to me now is around like if you worked for Netflix and you're making the decision on what to air, mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. Like a comedy special goes up. I'm sure when Louis CK, when they post a new Louis CK skit, mm -hmm. uh, they probably get a bunch of email and uh, email complaints. Yeah. It's interesting to me how, how they make the call. Yeah. Um, I do believe that long term, like you were saying, we were saying, hopefully their moral, mm -hmm. like making a moral decision is going to coincide with them doing well as a business. Um, I do think that's the case. Um, but yeah, it just seems like, like you said, it's subjective. And yeah, I'm wondering if there's a way to like some try to quantify it somehow yeah and it's not to make it more complicated but i think with certain types of of issues you have you have almost like a a multi-step problem because you have you know you post the video you have the backlash to the video and then you pull the video and then you have the backlash to the backlash totally and you end up in this loop where like, I don't know how you evaluate that. You're, you're never going to make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. you, you can do things like thumbs up, thumbs down, for instance, at the simplest level on a video. Mm -hmm. But then there's the question of, like, how do you weigh a thumbs up versus a thumbs down? Like, you could make an argument that one person be, being offended, like, if they're really offended and it hurts them and causes them some sort of like extreme pain yeah. for whatever reason, you could make an argument that that outweighs like 10 or a hundred people getting a good laugh. Yeah. So I don't know how you weigh those things. Yeah. It's hard. Right. And even, and if you're Netflix, like you've got other options too. like, I'm sure they have a pretty good idea of what you or I might find funny and what we wouldn't find funny. And you just, that video never shows up True. on the persons. Like there's probably some stuff they can they can play around with, but the like core of the question of like what's what's okay to say and like how many people laughing is worth one person, you know, having a really bad time. Yeah. It's it's really hard. Yeah. That's I sorry. I, I also think like it's kind of an interesting like probability question too, right? Because you know, you you have you never know what's going to blow up and what thing is going to become the issue. So when you're evaluating this, uh, you know, like whether to to sign someone for a special or something like that, you got to think it's you know ninety nine percent chance that like nothing happens and everybody just moves on, and then there's that tiny outlier chance that it you know blows up and costs a ton of a ton of money, and it's just. It's interesting, like you almost want to buy insurance against it. <laughs> I don't know how, but <laughs> I 
I like your point around Netflix. Like they're they're personalizing everyone's feed, so as they get better, like they could know that when I'm watching a comedy special, let's say a Holocaust joke is made, and I'm offended, and I turn it off at that point, then maybe they're able to use that data. So the next time I'm about to click into a special, they say, based on your previous watch history, we think you're likely to be offended <laughs> by this or something. Yeah. I don't know, but they could do things like that, mm-hmm. which I don't know. They, that seems like that would be good. Yeah, I, I think they definitely could. Yeah. I mean, so so I don't pay for Netflix. My fiance does. And uh, she has a profile that her and I share. And then her mom has a profile and her brother has a profile and um, one of her friends in, on the West Coast has a profile. So like every once in a while, I'll like click around and be like, oh, I wonder what they're watching. <laughs> and the, the I, I think like I never realized just how much curation Netflix was doing huh. um, on my own profile until I like went to her mom. Her mom's Korean. Well, she's Korean. Um, so her mom is like 100%. They have a whole catalog of Korean shows really? that are never shown to me at all honestly huh. and then you know her brother is uh he's like a finance guy and has like basically no free time so when he watches tv he watches like just like friends or like superhero movies like stuff that like his brain can just yeah. turn off for yeah um so like his looks completely different too so i wonder like i wonder if this kind of thing is happening already like if there are i'm trying to I don't think I... Around comedy. Yeah. I can't think of anyone who I would find offensive, but, like, I could certainly see, like, comics that I wouldn't necessarily be interested in, and I probably never see them. Hmm. But I get every John Mulaney special. Yeah. Ten times in a row. <laughs> Charlotte's a big fan of John Mulaney. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know Charlotte? Or no? Yeah. I actually did an improv class with her. Oh. Like, before I worked here. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. She's obsessed with him. Um... Any any other topics or things that you thought about before this that you think might be interesting to chat about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to... Sometimes, like, I feel like people might have, like, thought about something beforehand, and I don't want you to not have the opportunity to, like, mm-hmm. speak to it. Or I can keep going through some of these questions. Um, I think... This is like like meta related to the question, but it's always interesting to me like how if I if I sort of sit down and think about something, you can come up with what you think is a really clear answer, and like oh this is definitely what I believe, and no one would ever change my opinion. And then when you have to actually explain it to someone and they ask three or four probing questions, you can find yourself like completely turned around. So I just it's interesting because I came in here with like a really strong. Like, oh, I, I know exactly what I well, What was your strong take coming that, in? That there's, that there's no, no line. line. You should be able to say whatever you want, and you're just judged on how funny it is. But I still think that's true to an extent. But, like, your question about, like, there's different audiences, and, like, it's not one homogenous mass that evaluates you. Like, the trade-offs between, you know, what's... If someone is a minus 10 points of hurt, and you're getting one point from 10 people, like of happiness like is that worth it right yeah so it's just not really related to the question at hand it's just I always find it interesting like how quickly you can like change your opinion and you have to kind of stress test it like that right and maybe I wonder hopefully it um, 
does kind of sort itself out somehow, like in the way that Netflix, for instance, gains and loses subscribers. So like in that example, mm-hmm. where the one person is a negative 10 mm-hmm. and the other people are plus ones, the negative 10 person is maybe 10 times more likely to leave Netflix than yeah. like the benefit of the other people. So maybe it maybe it does actually like sort itself yeah. out. <laughs> it would be nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might work, you know? Like if you're if I'm really upset just to use a real life example, I hate Greyhound. I can't I can't even remember why at this it's point. A bus yeah. Kind of, yeah. They they just they did something to me years ago and I like vowed I will never take a Greyhound again. But, like, it, it goes beyond that because I was so upset by whatever it was they did. I wish I could remember. Um, that I now, like, actively dissuade people. Like, I am a ambassador anti-Greyhound. <laughs> so, like, I wonder if you get the same sort of effect where it's, like, if you really, really upset someone, they call their mom and they're, like, go buy Hulu. Yeah. Because we're Boycott not Netflix anymore. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I hope... I hope that happens naturally, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of I think what you what you were, that's what you kind of led with was that this should naturally sort it out. Like if someone is considered one of the greatest comedians of all time, it's because they did something right and they they made more people laugh than they offended, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Like I think you ha- you can't you can't be successful. Because I think, like, most people are good. And, you know, I... Like, for instance, like, I'm not gay. But I think if I if there was a joke that a comedian told, like, someone told a joke about being gay, and it hurt a lot of gay people, like, I don't think I would find that as funny. Right. Like, I think, I think most people are good and most people are empathetic. And, like, a well-told joke shouldn't it shouldn't offend people because it should hit on some very real truth. Right. Um, so I think like, even if you're, you know, even if the, the group or the event or whatever, the topic that you're covering, like only touches a minority of people, I still think like you probably, you have to be funny enough or at least not hurtful enough that like other people feel okay laughing about it. Right. It's a good point. Yeah. People aren't going to laugh if if they know like other people are being hurt by this they're much less likely to laugh yeah like i think it's very few people who find humor in someone else's pain or at least someone they view as benevolent like right interesting um what else do i have here i was gonna ask well, I was going to ask you, do you think comedians generally go over the line or do you think they could go further? But it seems like your sentiment is you don't think comedians generally go over. No, I don't. Or there are there are maybe ones who go over the line, but they're not doing well as a result. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Like, I think if you're going over the line all the time, you're probably not a particularly... You probably don't have a particularly large platform for right. to broadcast those opinions. Right. Hmm. 
Interesting. So, so what do you think? Like, where do you? Um, I think, I think I, you've kind of convinced me that, that, uh, how it is perceived and the reaction will dictate whether or not, let me, let me rephrase in the, in the, like the common example is is Netflix puts up a special. That's why I keep going back to it. So yeah. Netflix puts up a special. There's backlash to take it off. Um, I like the fact that the more I think about it, I think the incentives are aligned where if the backlash is really bad, people are going to leave. They're going to take it down. So it doesn't even matter if they're moral or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel like I'm answering the question. So you if I was to answer the question, what should be considered crossing the line in comedy? I think it's, if you are, if you're, definitely if you're offending people intentionally, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if it's accidental, the way it's perceived, like the reaction you get, should should dictate, should dictate that. Um, It'd probably be helpful if we had ex- uh, examples of jokes. I liked the Louis C.K. one you gave. I had no issue with that. I wouldn't consider that crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to... Do you have any other ones on the top of your head that you can recall a lot of people saying this crossed the line? And maybe we could chat about that. So I, I don't actually know if people took offense to this one, and I can't remember the exact joke offhand which is gonna kind of <laughs> kill my point but it's another louis ck joke and it's he's talking about pedophiles and how basically like you can't really blame pedophiles because nobody would choose to be a pedophile right like if these guys had any ability to stop themselves they would do it right it's not that's not the joke but that's, yeah that's like the gist of it okay so that's what you took away from it. Mm-hmm. So if that's, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I could see how. <laughs> hmm. Uh, we'd have to probably have to look up the joke. Yeah. See if we can find it. Okay. One sec. It. This is like high school philosophy. Um, but, like, I, I remember years ago, I was, like, thinking about, like, oh, you know, like, I'm just, like, a product of my environment, right? Yeah. My environment and my biology. Yes. And, like, nobody argues that you should be able to control your biology. Like, yes. I think it's totally fair. Yes. And nobody argues that you should be able to control your environment. Yeah. Because you're born into whatever you're born into. Yes. So if I'm a product of these two things, both of which were set in motion the day I was born can you really blame anyone for anything no so i'm i'm a strong believer of this yeah uh yeah it, it really messed my brain up for a little while, <laughs> yeah because you I should listen like, i have one i have an episode on oh, free will really? yeah oh yeah you'll like it i have a yeah. couple i think on it mm-hmm. um that also messed up my brain yeah because <laughs> you, you get into this thing where it's like well i can't hate anybody like i can't be mad at anyone for anything they're all just like a chemical thing that started when they were born and we're here right. today so, but I would say you can still make the case. 
so if we're talking about like someone doing something criminally wrong, mm -hmm. let's say someone murders someone, you could make the case that you shouldn't punish them for the sake of punishing them. Yeah. But you could make the case of locking them up for the safety of the public. Yeah. So I think it's similar here where a comedian makes a bad joke, crosses the line, whatever that is. To your point, they're a product of their environment, whatever. So we shouldn't beat them up, but I think similar to uh, locking up a criminal for this for the safety of the public, you could make an argument of not putting up their content for the safety yeah. of like. Yeah, I would totally agree. Like, you still want to build the incentive structure around not like people still respond to incentives. You can still change yes what happens, but it's just like a purely like from my core, like, should I be mad at them as a person for what they did? And it's like, now I have a hard time doing that. This is, this is way off topic, yeah. but because you've gone into this, <laughs> this aspect, I need to ask you, because I think it's on my list of things. Yeah. And this is unrelated to comedy at all, but punishment for the sake of deterrence. Mm -hmm. So like to deter other people from doing, do you think that's okay? did up until you phrased it <laughs> so i always thought yes like no yeah. brainer and then i started thinking more about it and to your point if this person if the person if it's not their fault for what they did um yeah you're doing it to deter other people but they don't necessarily deserve this then you're you're basically sacrificing them yeah for the good of the community yeah or the greater good. Anyways, something to think about. <laughs> I don't have an answer on that. <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to find the, the pedophile. Is it on SNL? Is it a monologue? I, I don't know. I actually, like, I was Googling around, and I read, like, a someone described it. Okay. Uh, I hope I can find it, because... Yeah, I think we have to use, like, concrete examples. It's hard in the abstract, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the silence might be something I have to edit out. <laughs> if it gets too long. Yeah, fair enough. There's another joke. It's not really offensive, so it's not super relevant. But, okay. the, like, one of my favorite jokes ever, it's this Hannibal Burris joke. Um and he's talking about like he's in the grocery store and he's trying to buy apple juice. Do you know? You know what I'm talking I don't about? know the joke, um, or maybe it'll come to me. I know Hannibal Burris. I, I think it's worth like maybe just as like a bonus at the end of the episode. Okay. It's worth just playing that joke because it okay. kills me every time. Okay, and I, I, I don't want to butcher it. Okay, like, by like just, you know like saying the punchline wrong. Okay, so you're gonna save it and I'll I'll just play it at I the think, end. Yeah, like that. All right, that'd be cool. An epilogue. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll play the Louis C.K. one too. But let me try to find it. So that we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll take a look as well. Okay, there's one about he's saying child molesters are very tenacious people. He says they love molesting childs. It's ch uh, ch children. It's crazy. It's their favorite thing. Oh, this is it. Yeah. He compares the experience of a pedophile to himself and his love of mound bars. If someone said to me, you eat another man's bar and go to jail, every everyone will hate you, I'd stop doing it. There's no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. 
you could only really surmise that it must be really good for them to take such a risk. <laughs> that's that's basically the joke, I think. So my and take, I my think take it, and it's a it's a fair point mm-hmm. in that like you know, first of all, having that motive, having that desire to do something like we can't relate to. Yeah. Uh, and they presumably know what the consequences are and how they're going to be, uh, like what the punishment will be and how society will view them and hate them. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? There has to be something wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder what people's, So where would people take offense to this? I would I would think it would be around just like how cavalier he is about the topic generally, right? Like I, like because I think there's an argument to be made that he's humanizing them a bit, right? Yeah, like but is he is he saying they should be allowed to do it? No, no. Um. Like if he if he was saying something like, like they enjoy it so much, maybe we should just let them do it or something like that. That I could see an issue. Yeah, potentially it might, it might still be funny. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I don't see an issue. Like I think this is another example of a joke that's it's perfectly phrased. Like every word is chosen carefully, such that like it's he's correct like he's not going he's not going one step further and saying we should let them do it he's not going one step further and saying like maybe they're not that bad here's the thing though i think even if he ended it with maybe we should just let them do it mm-hmm. i would laugh and the reason i'd laugh is because it's so outrageous and i don't actually believe it to be true yeah. but i could see why people would be a f- could take offense could cuz they maybe there's an argument some people are going to take this literally mhm like some people who have who who have who aren't able to decipher when he's joking yeah. versus not like maybe maybe that's the issue mm-hmm. is yeah that's true like something that's meant to be absurd but meant to be a joke but some people it might take literally yeah jim there's a, like an australian comedian jim jeffries yeah and he i've heard him say that in the past like there have been times when he would tell I think he told a joke about gun control that got like a lot of news and you'd have reporters like reading reading the transcript of his jokes as if it's yeah and just like without any of the timing and any of the tone and all that and his point is like my whole thing is that I can get away with saying really terrible things because it because of how I like intonate and like all that sort of stuff and when you just read it back it sounds horrible so like I think part of it is the presentation as well Totally. Uh, yeah, because the timing and the way they say it indicates, makes a huge difference in whether or not they're being serious or making a joke. Yeah. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, so maybe, I don't know, maybe there needs to be education around that. I guess people should know, but. Yeah. I think it's the duty of. Of whoever, whatever news company is saying Jim Jeffries said this, mm-hmm. they must know that them typing this out is going to sound a lot different than him saying it, and maybe they need to preface that he said this in a 
joking way and was not serious at all by this. Yeah. And if not, then this news company should take some accountability for misleading yeah. their readers. It's complicated. Yeah, for sure. And I think as like a consumer, or I hate being called a consumer, as like a human being, <laughs> yeah. you, you have like some degree of responsibility. Like I think the default should be not to be offended. Like the default should be that like there's probably a reason why this person has said this, like either because it's a joke or because they're misinformed or, or for whatever reason. Um, Give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. On the flip side, though, do you think it's fair to say uh, the default should be if someone says they're offended, like, take their offense seriously? So, like, oftentimes I'll hear a group's offended and people will say they shouldn't be offended by that or I don't understand why they're offended. Is it fair to say that... I think you have to, I think the evaluation has to be almost the same as whether, like, I, it's got to be an intent thing, right? Because I think it's easy to weaponize offense and to to use it as a tool to get messages or things that you don't want up, taken down. And I think there are situations where someone's offended and perhaps... It, like the world or someone owes it to them to say like this kind of thing is going to happen like this isn't serious enough for you to be this broken up over and then there's the third category where they're probably right to be offended and, and I think I think that category is the one you have to take seriously but it's I mean that's a nice like theoretical answer but in practice I don't know how you how you hmm. do that yeah because I think there. Personally, I think there's a, an argument to be made for anyone who is offended by something. They have their reasons, and it should be taken. Um, like, we should not say that you shouldn't be offended. Or, the, the, the fact is they are offended. Sure. So you could get into, and then you can get into, like, why they're offended. And they could be offended because, in that example of Jim Jeffries joke or whatever, they read it and they thought it was true. Mm -hmm. They thought Je Jim Jeffries was being literal when he was joking. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but it's, it's, it's fair though, right? Like you pull out, you pull out the disingenuous ones, like the people who are putting on a show or whatever it is. And then you're left with the ones who are genuinely offended. And of that group, like, is it fair? Like, should we take that seriously across the board? Yeah, I, I, I've become more and more convinced that, like, if someone says they're offended, have to listen up because we have a bad track record of not listening to marginalized groups yeah. who for a long time said, like, hey, you're not treating me fairly or whatever. Yeah. So kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt and then try to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's fair. I guess the I guess the question is like at some at, at some point you reach that crossroads, right? Where it's like, who has the onus? Is the onus on the person saying these things to make sure that that message isn't reaching the wrong person, 
or is the onus on the person who knows this type of message or this whatever it is I'll find offensive or I'll be hurt by like I should try and avoid it like I think it's a it's a mix obviously I think the onus everyone should try to like do good meaning Mm -hmm. if I'm the comedian if I'm Louis CK and I'm making this joke I want to try to accomplish good in it and maybe this is kind of weird but in this case he's trying to do good for pedophiles who can't have an easy life Mm -hmm. and it's 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 a weird thing to think about because usually yeah. you're you're looking at them as the attacker, not the victim. Mm-hmm. But to your point, they are a victim of bad biology and maybe bad environment, and maybe that's what he's trying to highlight. So if his intention is good, and he's not he's not trying to hurt victims, then that's important. And then. I think there needs to be like communication on both sides versus um, like the people who find it funny shouldn't just be like to the offended people, don't be offended. Mm -hmm. And the offended people shouldn't say to the other people, don't laugh at this. They should try to understand why are you laughing at this? Yeah. And then the other side saying, why are you offended? Just like figure, because I don't know. I think that maybe that's part of it. It's probably the answer most of the time, right? Yeah, just like, like talk about it and figure it out instead of just assuming. Yeah, like if you understood what the other person, if you could put yourself in the other person's shoes, you probably right would get most of the way there. Yeah, the reason you're laughing at this Louis C.K. one is because you're realizing for the first time that maybe maybe this pedophile like has has issue I don't know I don't know how to say it I think that the issue like the thing that I think would would upset people about this one is it really does make them seem more sympathetic and like relatable more human yeah like I like all dress chips I like all dress chips so much that if I put them in my house I will just eat the whole bag until I'm sick so I just don't buy them anymore but like that feeling, that like lack of control, that like I know if I am close to this, I will do it even if I've just eaten dinner and I'm not even hungry, I will eat that entire bag of chips. Like everybody can relate to that. Everybody has something where where they're like that. So I feel like what this does is it I don't know, it makes it makes the pedophiles more <laughs> sympathetic, right? It's like just because your thing is all dressed chips, to, like theirs is right. pedophilia. Right. We're not that different, you and I. <laughs> I this is not what I'm saying. I, yeah, like, yeah, I can yeah. see how if you were someone who had experienced that or someone who... Right. So, yeah, it, I think it, to your point, maybe it comes down to interpretation. Like, if, if, if the person offended interpreted Louis C.K.'s joke in that he thinks um, eating Mayon's bars is as bad, yeah. equally as bad as... Um, so a pedophile molesting someone then I could see why they're offended but Louis C.K. would say that's not my intention I would think yeah I would think so anyways I know we're out of time um, we, we made it nowhere we, we, like I'm more confused than when I walked in I think I think that's not kind that of the point the I think time. that's kind of the point is yeah. just to like think about these things and they're complicated and there's no I don't think there's a black and white 
I don't think it's black and white. It's yeah. Yeah, it's meant. I think the takeaway is like, there's arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. Yeah. Do you ever have a definitive answer? Like, do you ever have <laughs> someone walk off and be like, "I nailed that"? Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Going back, just if we if we have one minute. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think if we can paint this question as a yes or no. What should be considered crossing the line in comedy? Like if you said, if you asked me, do I think comedians ever cross the line? I think now I would have a definitive answer. I would say yes. And I think that would be dictated by their success and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of convinced now that like, if you are on Netflix, you are doing more good than harm. <laughs> yeah, it's and I need a, to think about it more. Yeah, it's not a bad rule of thumb. Like, if you are getting banned, maybe there is good reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad. It's like it's, it'll just it's sort itself out. Like, yes, but with <laughs> with jokes. Yeah. Like with social commentary. Yeah. It's good to know that, or it seems like capitalism and like morality work together. Yeah. The invisible hand fixes all. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, cool. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to yeah, chat. Yeah, thanks. That was interesting. Hope you enjoyed it. First ever podcast. Cool. <laughs> Glad you liked it. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time. (laughs) Because child molesters are very tenacious people. They love molesting childs. It's crazy. It's like their favorite thing. I mean, when you can, it's so crazy because when you consider the risk in being a child molester, speaking not of even the damage you're doing, but the risk, there's no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. And yet they still do it, which from you can only really surmise that it must be really good. I mean, from their point of view, from their, not ours, but from their point of view, it must be amazing for them to risk so much. How do you think I feel? It's my last show, probably. Look, I can't key into it because I love Mounds Bars. I love Mounds Bars. It's my favorite thing, right? But there's a limit. I mean, I, I can't even eat a Mounds Bar and do something else at the same time. That's how much I love them. Like, if I'm eating a Mounds Bar, I can't read the paper. Like, hmm. Mm. I have to just sit there with it in my mouth and go, why is this so good? I love this so much. And because they are delicious. And yet, if somebody said to me, if you eat another Mounds Bar, you'll go to jail and everybody will hate you, I would stop eating them. Because they do taste delicious, but they don't taste as good as a young boy does and shouldn't to a child monster. Not to me. Not to us, because we're all awesome. All right, we did it. We got through it.
I realized recently my judgment gets messed up more by food and juice than it does by drugs and alcohol. Like I love apple juice. I think it's delicious. I want to start my own apple juice company. I don't know how you go about doing that. I try emailing Mott for advice. They're not really accessible, so I have to keep being a consumer. <laughs> Me and my girl go to the grocery store. Mott's Fresh Press Natural Apple Juice, $1.79 for a half gallon. That's a great sale. So we get eight bottles. Eight bottles is all we have on the belt in front of us is an old man, he's looking back, shaking his head like, nah, nope. I'm like, what's wrong, old man? You mad because we got all this apple juice? Because you can go get some too. It's over there in our four, but if not, stop judging us because hell yeah, we're hoarding this juice, taking advantage of this sale before this store realized what a horrible mistake they've made. <laughs> and you know what? We're back here happy with our apple juice. You up there lonely with your Hormel chili, you lonely Hormel chili eating old man. But it took me a minute to realize he wasn't shaking his head because of the apple juice. He was shaking his head because my girlfriend was white and he didn't agree with that. But I was so caught up in the euphoria of having all that apple juice that for like a minute I lived in a world where racism didn't exist. I was like, it's obvious that this old man is just an apple juice hater. And he's just really mad because he can't acquire all the apple juice. And I'm a crime right now. Hey, thanks a lot, y'all. Enjoy the rest of my life.